Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. It's a little bit of housekeeping off the top, and then we'll get into the topic at hand here in a moment. This is a pre-recorded show. The best that I can tell, this is likely to be our last pre-recorded show for many, many months as we get ready to begin the 2022 season. But for today, it could not be helped. And obviously, this pre-recorded show comes in the heels of some pretty big news. As I am speaking to you right now, I don't know, five-star safety Janelle Aguero has chosen Georgia or not. He's expected to make that announcement there on Saturday. So here's what we're going to do. We were live on video for this over the course of the weekend. And if you're watching on video and you want to hear more about Aguero, well, that video for you is right there in the same feed that you're watching this on right now, Facebook, YouTube, whatever else. You can see that right there. As a podcast listener, I'll also kind of attach some thoughts on Aguero to this podcast when it shows up there in your podcast feed there too so while we are recording this prior to the aguero news shouldn't be hard to find if you're a video viewer and if you're a podcast listener i'll go ahead and attach that to this regular show as we kind of send that out so that's kind of the story there but beyond that there is still plenty to talk about as it relates to georgia football beyond just some of the recruiting stuff uh plenty to discuss when you when it comes to sec media days just last week and in one respect maybe sec media days more revealing about what georgia could be for the upcoming season than maybe you realize i'm thinking about this because of a conversation that we had last year and you know peter burns from the sec network peter's a guy that you see you know, hosting a lot of shows, SEC Now, and obviously some radio stuff and some things like that. Just an ever-present figure in the SEC network. And last summer, we brought Peter Burns onto our show because Peter, at the time, was one of the few people that I knew of in media with any kind of prominent following who had picked Georgia to win the national championship. So one of the things that we did on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia last year, was let's bring on Peter and let him kind of explain why he was seeing what maybe some of his media brethren were not seeing kind of outside the bubble of dog nation a georgia team that could eventually go on to win the national championship and what was interesting about that from peter last summer when he was on our show was some of the evidence that gave peter the confidence to pick georgia to go out and get this done was something that he had seen from kirby at sec media day so given the fact that we've just concluded this year's version of that same event Let's let Peter Burns from last year tell you why he thought media days was a little bit of a foreshadowing for a coach on his way towards winning his first national championship. This being Peter Burns from our show last summer. Every year when we go down to SEC media days, the story that you hear and I always come out with is not what the guys said at the podium. It's how they interact with us behind the scenes. Each year, Kirby's come in kind of tight to be honest with you. He's just like laser focused. I'm going to be this, this, and this. He comes in you know, the last couple of weeks ago, and he knows that I'm a big golfer. And the first thing he comes up, he like finds his way over to me, and he goes, where'd you play like? Mm. And then he starts showing me videos of places. And I'm like, this is not the Kirby Smart that I've seen before where he was kind of, oh, well, this is media days, and i got to do this. I was like, this is, this is the attitude of a guy that knows this team is pretty damn good. He doesn't really have that many tough questions to answer, and he's chomping at the bit and that tells me a lot more about the success he thinks this team can have versus anything else i think that's really interesting a behind the scenes conversation a guy that has a year over year over year comparison what peter burns very candidly told us when he joined our show last summer was the version of kirby smart i saw during the 2021 media days leading into the 2021 season was an example of a coach who'd become more relaxed and maybe the confidence he had in his team allowed him to be more relaxed and he was as peter said chomping at the bit for the upcoming season and at the time burns was one of the few people actually picking georgia to win the national championship and using what he had seen in sec media days as part of the reason for that I find that to be pretty interesting. So let's fast forward to 2022, the event that just took place last week. Peter says, last year I saw a Georgia coach in Kirby Smart chomping at the bit for the upcoming season. Well, for those of us who saw Kirby Smart at the podium uh, on Wednesday talking about his expectation for his team for this upcoming year, isn't it fair to say that we also saw uh, Kirby Smart 
who was once again kind of chomping at the bit, if you want to use that phrase. A Kirby Smart who was seemingly raring to go. A Kirby Smart who was unwilling to buy into the narrative that other people wanted to give to him about, oh, this is a team that's gotten fat and happy. This is a team that that can't live into the reputation that established a year ago. Kirby Smart seemed pretty comfortable in his own skin pushing back against some of that when he spoke last week, maybe once again justifying some confidence the way that he did with an SEC Network host last summer. Let me give you an example of that from Kirby on Wednesday. Here he is. I've done the rounds this morning. I'll bet you at least 50 people have asked me the question. So feel free when we open up for questions to ask me the concern there is for complacency. That does not concern me in the least because to be complacent, you have to have done something and achieved something. The men on this team for this season have not done that. They have not. We have 15 players that are now gone to NFL uh, camps or draft picks. They're gone. And we have some returning players, but they're hungry as ever. People have asked the question, how does it feel to be hunted? We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Um, it's not something we're going to sit back and be passive about. I mean, I love that. I mean, I'm a Georgia fan. Many of you, most of you who are listening are Georgia fans there as well. The idea that Kirby Smart says, we will remain the hunter, not the hunted. And I know that's a little bit of a cliche, and it's the kind of thing you hear coaches say all the time. But Kirby had the option not to say that right there. Kirby had the option to say something other than, hey, the players in this team right now are hungry because they haven't accomplished anything. But the national championship belonged to somebody else. Like Kirby Smart had the option not to lean into that, but seemingly comfortable enough with with where he is in his belief about his own team, with where he is in his belief about himself as a coach at this stage of his career, that he could step up and say that so emphatically that we don't plan on going anywhere. That whatever people think we're going to be this upcoming season, whatever erosion that people assume is going to occur for the, us this upcoming season, we don't plan on cooperate, cooperating with or participating in that narrative We're trying to establish our own thing here, which is a bunch of players who saw Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker and Devontae White and Kobe Dean and Lewisine and Jamari Salyer and on and on you could go with guys who contributed to last year's national championship for Georgia who are not here anymore. Uh, It's a bunch of guys who want to do their own version of that for this upcoming season. It sounds like Kirby Smart embracing that as a real possibility and in a very comfortable fashion in doing so, much the same way he saw that uh, Peter Burns said he saw that from Kirby a year ago. But Smart was not done on and discussing all of this here is more of him from last wednesday on basically the same topic our guys have asked questions and we've done a lot of studies on how the mighty have fallen so we have skull sessions we have uh 15 minute meetings 20 minute meetings in breakout groups and we've actually taught how the mighty have fallen i'm talking about in business i'm talking about in sports i'm talking about in history so you learn from the mistakes of others and for us it really steers down to one one cultural belief that we have a connection that's greater than our opponent we're all going to be tough we're all going to be physical in the sec but can we be better connected together can we have one plus one equals three because for us one plus one equals three means we get more together than we do apart and this team believes that i'm excited about this team because there's a lot of opportunity people say do you have the talent do you have enough talent within your program we've got plenty of talent what we lack right now is experience That's our job as coaches to put those guys in a position to be successful and react in a calm manner and have the experience they need to go play well against Oregon. That game will help set us up for our SEC gauntlet that we have coming up after that. Interesting to hear Smart there at the end say, hey, we're calm right now. We're going to react in a calm manner to all of this, embracing all the challenges that come with the new uh, upcoming season. And in talking about what he believes can set his team apart, in talking about what he believes can be the defining characteristic of this team in terms of how well they're connected to each other, not just how talented they are, not just how even how physical they are, even though that's typically the kind of thing that Smart really kind of harps on. He says, no, it's more about how we connect together. And this to me kind of veers back into a direction that we were 
discussing last week where I said in a room like that at SEC Media Days, the media sitting there taking all of this in, it sometimes it seems like there's kind of two distinctively different groups. There's the group of somewhat cynically minded people who are smart talking about, oh, we got to be connected together. And they just sort of roll their eyes at that because they feel like that's what coaches are supposed to say. That's a little sort of, you know, fake, touchy feely stuff that doesn't actually match reality. But for the group that's a little bit more inclined to be the opposite of that and actually take something like that more at face value, I mean, you can go back and remember, whether it be spring practice or summer practices a year ago, leading into a season when at that point in time, we did not quite know what the final outcome would be for UGA. There were plenty of players and speaking to reporters going into last season, they talked about what Smart was talking about right there that one of the things that was making them excited about the upcoming year was through those skull sessions and things like that, they did feel like they had gotten to know each other better than ever before. And maybe that was a necessity because of how weird the pandemic year in 2020 had been prior to that. But one way or another, this team last season, based on what players themselves were saying well before they knew what the final outcome of the year would be, they were saying they were starting the year more connected than before. And ultimately, that did seem to be a pretty important building block towards ultimately what became a national championship. And it sounds like right there, Smart wants to pick up with this 2022 season, kind of where the 2021 campaign left off, maybe with the confidence earned by having done it to believe that the blueprint is now in place for how we can, if you're Georgia, come back and do all of this all over again, which sort of takes you back to what Peter Burns said to start. A lot of folks kind of think SEC media days is just sort of this box you have to check. Coach shows up. In fact, sometimes Kirby Smart himself may even think this. You show up, you do the interviews, you answer the same questions over and over and over again, and ultimately none of it means anything because all of it basically sounds the same. But as Peter Byrne said, if you're there and you're watching close, sometimes you have an opportunity to read between the lines. Sometimes you have an opportunity to see what is not necessarily all that visible from from just watching on television you can kind of see the 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 actual story behind the story and the story behind the story for georgia last year was a team that's pretty competent led by a coach who himself was pretty competent and while the faces on the field for georgia in so many cases are going to change here for the upcoming 2022 season it sounds like that same competence remains and the same blueprint that's worked for georgia before may be about ready to work all over again my name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented by Pella, window and door of Georgia, and we are glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today live on video, normally starting 945, first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app. We are not doing that today because of the uh, pre-recorded show, but we are 10 a.m. just like always, and we're hopefully delivering great content just like we normally would do. We'll be back live across the board in all platforms tomorrow and pretty much live every day after that through at least the sec championship game if not all the way through the month of february so all of that's uh coming up big big run through the 2022 season one brief sort of hiatus here today as i take care of some business away from the uh typical dog nation world headquarters studios but we're just really happy to have you with us for all of that and a big thanks to our friends at pella window and door of georgia making it all possible you know pella window and door of georgia can help equip your house with energy efficient windows and doors man that matters uh been a lot of stormy weather around here as of late and you think about you know stormy weather hitting your you know uh walls roof your house whatever else and sometimes that water sort of creeps in well you got a good window you got a good door you prevent that from happening or the energy on the inside of your house air conditioning this time of year maybe the heat in the winter time of the year that stuff's expensive you know heating bills cooling bills it can be very very expensive so you want to keep that energy inside the house where it's supposed to be once again that's what energy efficient windows and doors give you a chance to do plus they just sort of look good if you stop by that pella showroom right there in duluth you can put your hands on them and realize they feel really good too it's a recognized brand leader in the atlanta area survey after survey has identified that that homeowners here in the atlanta area know pella window and door of georgia is truly viewed to be the best and when you talk to one of their pella experts they can walk you through the entire installation process 
all of the options available to you. It's a no pressure type situation. They just want to help you be equipped with the info you need to make the best choice, but the Pella window and doors that are right for you. So uh, make sure you check that out. Great way to do that is online, PellaofGA.com slash dog nation. That's PellaofGA.com slash dog nation. You can also give them a call, 678-638-1496. That's 678-638-1496. Pella window and door of Georgia is viewed to be the best, and they got great savings for you now too. Between now and August 18th, you can get $200 off windows, $400 off doors, or payments as low as just $99 a month. So make sure you check that out today. All right, we're going to get John Stinchcomb coming up in a moment. Late last week, we had news of the Kirby Smart contract being finalized. John, a part of that final process as a member of the Georgia Athletic Board, he had to raise his hand and cast a vote on all of that. So we'll get some details from John coming up about what he thinks the contract means for the future of Georgia football, the future of Smart at UGA. We'll do a lot of that with John Stinchcomb here coming up in just a moment. Before that, though, I do want to go around the doghouse, assisted today by our friends at AAA. And one of the things that also came up at Media Days last week is the future of the Georgia-Florida rivalry in Jacksonville. Now, Billy Napier, the Florida coach, was asked about this directly sort of sidestepped the chance to answer it saying just getting here to a Gainesville being the Florida coach he wanted to experience the rivalry before he expressed an opinion on it which is essentially just permission to beg off the topic all the way around but for Kirby Smart this is something that he's not unwilling to discuss he's discussed this plenty in the past you want to go back to his early days uh, as Georgia coach he certainly hinted that he liked for the game to be played uh, not in Jacksonville, which I, where it has been year after year after year for my lifetime and even before that, but in a home-and-home situation so that Georgia could host recruits for that game uh, in Athens. When I had a chance a couple of years ago to interview Georgia Athletic Director Greg McGarity, McGarity openly acknowledged that, yeah, uh, Kirby doesn't want the game in Jacksonville. He wants it home-and-home. Home. That's just kind of the feeling that we've all understood Kirby to have on this for quite some time. However, there was a moment last year in which it sort of seemed like his stance on the Georgia-Florida rivalry seemingly had softened a bit. I'll give you an example from last summer. Paul Feinbaum's show asked about the future of that game in Jacksonville. Certainly at that particular time, he was not slamming his fist on the table about changing it, really more content to say, hey, you know, it's complicated. This was Kirby last summer. Do you think it's off the table now to move that game from a neutral site to campus? I'm talking about the Georgia-Florida game. Well, there's so much more that goes into it than just that. You know, the sheer outlook of it, it's an opportunity to, for both sets of football players. If it's just about the football players, they would get an opportunity to play at each location. You know, the Swamp and Gainesville, and they'd come to Athens and play in our stadium. But there's so much more than there. There's so much tradition, uh, history there. A lot of our fan base is in the southern part of our state. You know, our largest alumni base outside the state of Georgia is in Jacksonville, Florida. So there's a lot that goes into that decision outside of just the game. I mean, in that particular quote from last summer, that does not sound like a coach who's demanding change. That's a little bit softer of a stance than he had taken previously. However, when given the same chance to answer essentially the same question at SEC Media Days here in 2022, just last week, Smart's stance was much more emboldened, I believe is the phrase that I might use there on that. Now, some of us who have vivid imaginations could kind of read between the lines and say, oh, now that he's won the national championship, he wants everything that's coming his way. He wants to settle all family business or whatever else. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but one way or another, Smart is speaking a little bit more emphatically about his desire to move the game than he was uh, just a summer ago. I think I have this quote for you. AL.com wrote about this. Our buddy Mike Griffith, I'm sorry, our buddy Michael Carvel also wrote about this too. Um based on something that Kirby Smart had said while being on TV with the SEC Network about why uh, Smart wants to move the game away from Jacksonville. He says, I'm competing against coaches all across the SEC who host recruits at their biggest game. When Auburn plays Alabama, guess where the recruits are? When LSU and Alabama play, that's where the biggest recruits want to go. It's an opportunity for us to bring these kids who fly in from all over the country. What game do they want to come see? Georgia play. They like to see Georgia play Florida, but they can't do that. It's very important. Recruiting is very important. I just can't get a Florida coach to agree with me about moving the game. That last sentence there seemingly a nod to his belief that maybe Florida thinks it's an advantage to play the game there in Jacksonville. Certainly some Georgia fans think that. Uh, our buddy Mike Griffith, that's all he ever talks about seemingly, and I say that half-kiddingly. But... Uh, uh, 
I'm just messing with Mike. I'm just kidding. I'll tell you what he told me about this uh, in, in a minute. The point here is, is that Kirby Smart is much more emphatic uh, about this now than he was this time a year ago. Now, there's a part of me, because listen, I don't mind telling you, I like the cocktail party. I'd love to see the game remain in Jacksonville. So if there's a winning argument to keep it in Jacksonville, I'd certainly love to hear it. I'd like to see that argument prevail because I just think it's a cool tradition. I think it's really fun. Uh, It's a great chance to go to the beach in the late fall, and who wouldn't want to do that if you got a chance to? Uh, so when I hear Kirby talk about, hey, recruits want to come here, there's a part of me that somewhat, uh, I guess, cynically says, well, you know, given how many recruits are committing so early now, are there any recruits left by the time you get to uh, Halloween or November or whenever the game is going to be played? But nonetheless, Kirby's been pretty consistent in that argument for quite some time. And Mike Griffith has also touted for the game to be moved out of Jacksonville home and home. And when I saw him at Media Days last week, uh, shortly after Kirby had said what he said, you know, Mike kind of gave me a hard time. He said, you know, B.A., I remember what you said before, which was once Kirby won a national championship that uh, he could move the game. That's not quite what I said. I think what I've said in the past is until Kirby wins a national championship, I don't want to hear anything about canceling the cocktail party. That's what I said. But now Kirby has won the national championship. And is it as simple as, well, as a national championship winning coach at Georgia, uh, he should just get whatever he wants. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, one of the things you're going to hear me tell John Stinchcomb in a moment is the strongest argument in favor of the game being moved home and home for me is not what Kirby wants, but it's what fans want. If a majority of fans wanted the game moved, I'd be sort of fine with that, even though personally, if it's one man, one vote, I'd cast my ballot in favor of the game remaining in Jacksonville because that's how fun I think that it is. St. Simons and all the places that people go, Amelia Island, everything else like that. That's just how fun I believe that is. But if the majority of Georgia fans felt the other way because of the argument I hear most commonly, it's not related to recruiting because Georgia's doing fine in recruiting. The most common argument I hear from fans is, B.A., look at this home slate. We're not getting enough good home games. And it seems like in most years, recently that's kind of been the case now georgia is trying to do plenty to change that there are a bunch of elite non-conference series currently scheduled on the books it remains to be seen how many of those actually get play because of all the changes coming to the rest of the sec schedule but in recent years georgia fans have just sort of felt like the home schedule was just a little lacking and if you'd played florida in every one of those opposite years all of a sudden that would have been a much beefier home game to give to your season ticket holders who obviously are spending big bucks and in some cases they're not thrilled with what they're getting as return on that expense because of the lack of marquee opponents that have been coming through Sanford Stadium that's that's a real concern I think Georgia's taking steps to address it but nonetheless in the immediate present tense that's the kind of thing that Georgia fans have asked some questions about so Florida playing in Athens every other year would go a long way towards that now one way or another because so much is about to change in the SEC maybe this is just bound and destined to change too that that if you go to the nine game conference schedule or you go to the more rotational schedule there's just not the opportunity to play the neutral site game for for Georgia Florida and Jacksonville maybe that's the case if this game is no longer the cocktail party I'll be sad to see it go but just because you know a good number of us want to keep it there that may not be quite enough to do that eventually this game may be heading somewhere else Kirby Smart has been very open about what he wants and maybe it is for many fans just as simple as saying well if Kirby wants it that's good enough for me we'll see where it goes from here and say that this is around the doghouse assisted today by our friends at AAA of course AAA the one you turn to roadside assistance they do a great job with that but they also can do a great job for you when it comes to your auto insurance there as well here in Georgia when you switch and save with AAA you're going to put hundreds of dollars more in your pocket for making that decision so once you get that free quote uh, you can go online AAA.com slash auto insurance that's AAA.com com slash auto insurance and get that or the number to dial if you want to find out more 833-718-2075 that's 833-718-2075 they can save you big time bucks and give you a great auto insurance experience so check them out for a whole lot more on that it's great to have AAA assisting us with around the doghouse here today it's also great to have john stinchcomb on board here too john doing a great job we'll do some georgia florida with him We'll do some Kirby Smart new contract, aftermath of SEC media days. Let's cover all those bases here right now with John Stinchcomb on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella, window and door of Georgia. Great to have him and all of you with us here today. 
Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead. Here's a DogNation.com insider. Say hello to John Stinchcomb here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Palo Window and Door of George today. John, good enough to join us when there's a little bit of a pre-recorded show as I'm kind of sneaking away on assignment to represent a Dog Nation here today and john there's a lot i want to talk to you about obviously some of this stemming from what happened at sec media days last week and of course the uh, new kirby smart contract that kind of popped out on uh thursday there as well but i did want to bring you in on a discussion we were just having before you joined us but the future of the georgia florida rivalry in jacksonville something that over the years kirby has been you know pretty forthright in his belief that the game would be better played on campus for recruiting purposes things like that yet we know that it's been a pretty lucrative contract for uga to to have the game in jacksonville for the florida side there as well uh world's largest outdoor cocktail party as it has been known i don't mind telling you i'm a little bit of a partisan on this i enjoy the tradition of the cocktail party i think it's kind of a unique cool thing uh for georgia and florida to share together that makes it different than most the rest of college football but i also acknowledge that in the new landscape we're moving into as much as everything else is changing it seems like it's quite possible this would change as well so as somebody who you know kind of has a little bit of a uh i guess stake in all of this what do you think of the future of of this game being played in jacksonville and is it as simple as saying well if kirby wants it to change it should change because that's what kirby wants well, I think it's been a steeped in tradition. I love the game itself. I love being in Jacksonville and having it set apart and separate, both as a player and as a fan. I, I've enjoyed the trip down there, and it's such a unique atmosphere. Uh, with that said, I understand where Coach Smart and all those who are involved in recruiting, uh, where they come from. And when you recognize that Georgia is a national program and you're bringing kids in from uh, Texas and California and the Northeast, and they have very limited opportunities to come to Athens and experience a game there. And each year, one of your biggest marquee games, possibly a home game against Florida, is not even played in your state. Uh, I can see how that's limiting. I, I used to uh, minimize that explanation or reasoning as to why we should go home and home. Uh, but now that you're seeing Georgia recruit nationally and you look at the, the home schedule and understand um, that the, the recruits from a national scale are limited in which weekends they can come and which weekends they want to come, I can see how that's becoming more and more of a factor. So uh, if, if the folks down in Gainesville would be willing to play their home games in Jacksonville and every other year it's in Athens, um, I would be – more receptive to that concept but just getting rid of playing in jacksonville would be a tough pill to swallow and it's selfish and uh it comes more as a as a fan and uh appreciator of the game itself but uh i certainly do understand where it can affect recruiting more and more now that georgia's recruiting across the country in a weird way for me the argument that probably would cause me to say well maybe you should just move it home and home as much as i love uga recruiting as much as i like sort of giving kirby smart what he wants he's obviously been good enough for georgia that he ought to get some concessions when it comes to some things like this the actual argument that probably works on me the most john is the thing that i hear from a lot of fans which is in most years recently it seems like the home schedule has just sort of left something to be desired you know back in 2019 you had notre dame and texas a&m in the same year and that seemed to get some folks excited certainly the notre dame game did but for a lot of the years in the smart era as it kind of turns out here there just haven't been a lot of those home games that have really gotten a lot of fans really fired up i don't necessarily blame georgia for that it's clearly had a pretty aggressive scheduling model just a lot of those games have not been taking place in athens here in in recent years and so you know from that standpoint while i do favor keeping the game in jacksville i'd like to preserve this tradition i certainly understand where the fan comes from who says hey i don't travel around to go all these games uh don't really go to jacksonville i go to games in athens the home season ticket is my way of experiencing georgian person and i want a little bit more value for this season ticket that argument does carry some weight for me even as someone who's admittedly kind of vested in seeing this game remain in jacksonville i do get the fan who says you know forget recruiting forget all that how about just giving me some more attractive home games whichever other year certainly florida would provide 
Yeah, I mean, it certainly would add value to home game schedule, and I think that it kind of speaks to the point that I was making about recruiting because they're looking at this home schedule and they're going, you know, who who, who are the comp- who's the competition, who's Georgia playing that I have interest in watching them play against, and it's the same situation for fans. Now, I think Georgia's done a, a pretty good job in these past few years of scheduling some out of conference competition that is uh, better than some. Uh, what are some of what other teams are facing, especially across the SEC. Uh, with that said, I understand it, but um, you know, at the end of the day, do I still want to see games played in Jacksonville? Yes. I think there's a number of fans that make that pilgrimage on an annual basis and, and enjoy that experience and fill our half plus of that stadium um, and have that weekend carved out annually. So, um uh, that's part of the package and part of, of what Georgia's offered for so long that I, I think fans have made that adjustment. And although I'm sure some would appreciate having one extra quality, if you will, home game, um, that's quite a trip and it's unique. And then it's experience that a, a number of our Georgia fans already uh, put down on the calendar every year anyway. We are recording this on a Thursday and just really a matter of moments ago, a few minutes ago, really almost, uh, when you and I are speaking here, the final details of the new Kirby Smart contract have come out. He's essentially going to be the highest paid coach in college football, making more than $10 million per season. And, a, you know, a contract that's essentially, I think, pretty close to what a lot of folks thought it would be, you know, kind of something of the 10-year variety, you know, $100-plus million over the course of the uh, long haul on that, I guess, you know, sort of stair-stepping his way up to about, you know, $12 million or so by the time the contract concludes in 2031. John, just sort of big picture here for a moment. Like, what do you think of the smart contract? What do you think of the news? What it means for him? What it means for UGA? Your reaction to it? Uh, now that Kirby Smart is going to be a very well-paid man after already having been a very well-paid man. He's about to be even richer when it's all said and done. Well, it comes at a great time. It comes right off a national championship. And as a, as a board member who had to approve that, that contract, I'm grateful that for the next 10 years um, we have Coach Smart at the helm. And Kirby's been a guy that has never really uh, – asked for that uh, or we haven't asked him for a hometown discount nor has he um offered to say i you know i'll go elsewhere it's been a very amicable negotiation on both sides and i think that's a good thing i you want to be in a place where it's a coveted position and the guy that you've got wants to be here long term and that's what coach smart has expressed day in and day out that you know i he has from all from my perspective and from all those that matter more than mine, he's building and has built a program that's sustained and, and sustainable. And it's not the flash in the pan. And, uh, you know, there's been much reference to that 2019 LSU season um, where Georgia's trying to avoid that one hit wonder. That That's not the way Georgia's built. That's why in this Kirby Smart era, it's been Georgia's relevance in that national conversation. Some years more than others, but always um, close and, and been able to be a part of the college football playoffs a number of times, and, and this year will be no different. So when you have an opportunity to lock in a coach that is leading your program as well as Kirby is, uh, I think you jump at the chance. And yes, and in today's numbers, um, his average of over $11 million a year is uh, one of the highest in coaches, but <laughs> in, in the day and age that we live in, heck, there's some 18-year-old kids coming out of high school that <laughs> maybe getting that in, in, in a year for NIL deals. So um, it looks pretty rich right now, and it is, but um, there's let's see what it looks like eight, nine, ten years from now when you're on the back end of that contract and, and how grateful we are that we were able to lock in um, arguably one of the best coaches in, in college football today. So I think it was a great move, great move for Georgia. Um, it brings some solidarity and uh, lends confidence to this program that we're headed in the right direction. I think it was a, a great step for all of us. You, know, you think about great coaches, almost all of them have some moment in their career where they consider taking another job. You know, soon Clemson may deal with that with their Dabo Sweeney, who obviously played at Alabama. It's been rumored that, hey, maybe one day Dabo might be a replacement for Nick Saban. Even Saban, since being in Alabama, had that brief overture where he seemingly flirted 
with Texas. You know, at one point in time, I guess in the past, maybe Vince Dooley thought about going somewhere else. There were rumors that Bobby Bowden many, many years ago would leave Florida State and go take the Alabama job. There's all these kinds of things that, you know, it seems like where every great coach has that one moment where he considers taking a different college job. The thing that Georgia so early in Kirby's career as he's entering kind of his prime coaching and professional years to think that Georgia through this contract could essentially take that off the table where there's really no reasonable consideration for why Kirby would ever coach at another college job if Georgia truly has taken that off the table which I believe this contract signifies they have it really is an example of kind of the perfect marriage here Kirby at his alma mater but also at maybe the most resourced program among the most resourced programs of them all and Georgia the institution with the kind of coach where they have no doubts no reservations about doing what's needed to do to make sure he never looks around to go coach somewhere else at least in the college ranks that's a pretty rare relationship but that seems like it's a pretty apt description for the relationship Georgia and Kirby have with each other Aren't we grateful for it? I mean, what a great opportunity to have one of the best college coaches in the game who's you know got your the, the pedigree and, and background and affinity for Georgia that you're hoping for that which you know the other programs have they just the guy is a Kirby Smart and so to have a such a high quality coach that uh, wants to be here and there's not there's uh, that other team that's always lurking that you're worried about. Um, I think it's a very unique and special opportunity that Georgia's been able to uh, really cash in on. And, you know, Kirby's cashing in today uh, or, or this week on, on such a big contract, at least the, the announcement of it. Uh, but it's a great situation. I mean, for, for him as a coach, it's a program that the envy of many suitors' eyes because of the financial stability and the direction of the program. Um, the support from the fan base, the support from the athletic department, so many different pieces that a coach is looking for. You know, can I be successful there? I, I think there's so many boxes that are checked yes uh, that Kirby sees this is a great opportunity, not just because this is my hometown team, but because of the way the University of Georgia has situated itself uh, financially in the, in the landscape of college football across SEC. And on the other side of the coin, you've got a coach that uh, wants to be here that's highly qualified and skilled and, and cut his teeth under, you know, I hate to say it, but probably the best in this era. Yeah. Um, so he's got that background that is second to none. So truly a special union that, um, you know, barring any unforeseen travesty, should bear fruit for years to come let me ask you one final question here uh one of the things we also talked about before you joined us was the tone that kirby kind of struck for georgia at sec media days last week with the the message that you know this is a team that's looking to try to keep the same edge in 2022 that it had in 2021 being the hunter and not the hunted and in a lot of different ways, both Kirby and the players who were there kind of tried to push back against the notion this would be in any form or fashion a complacent football team after having won it all the previous year. What did you think of that message? What do you think about the idea of now following up those words with actual actions when practice begins, focusing yourself to be as good as you can be, and then going out there and making good on all of that once the uh, games start being played? Well, buddy, the greatest thing about SEC Media Days is I think it gives fans an insight into what the coaches are telling their players, how they're uh, getting their team focused, what their attention is, what the perception and perspective needs to be heading into a season. And it's it's across the board. Georgia's not unique in that. But for a fan, it gives us that insight into – uh, what's the mentality? And to understand when you hear Kirby Smart saying, Georgia's not going to be the hunted. You know, we're not going to just sit back and get hunted by these other teams. And I get, it gets me fired up. And to hear the, the players echo similar sentiments that, you know, uh, how, however many 15 guys are already uh, in NFL camps right now and other, other players that were of value this past season are no longer in our locker room. So that this is a relatively new crop of guys. There are exceptions, obviously Stetson and Nolan are, are two prime examples of it. But this is a whole new team, and to think that we're going to quote unquote 
rest on our laurels doesn't seem to be a mantra that uh, anyone is buying into in Athens. So I find that to be exceptionally exciting. And when you look at it uh, from the perspective of uh, what Coach Smart's putting out there, we're not at the top of the heap and, and trying to kick the faces of those that are biting at our heels as we're getting hunted. Like they're the ones that are going to, we're, we're going to be the ones that are going to get after folks. We're coming after them. Uh, man, I, I, I'm just telling you as a player, uh, as a fan, I, I could not be more excited about that, uh, perspective heading into the season. John, it's a great sentiment. I think that's well said. Thank you so much for sharing that message with us here today and your insight into a contract process from Kirby Smart that, as you said before, you were a part of there as a member of the athletic board. It's an exciting time to be a Georgia fan on a number of fronts. We appreciate you being here to talk about it here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Palo Window and Door of Georgia. And we'll, of course, look forward to speaking to you about all of these kinds of things again very soon as we continue to get closer to the start of practice. So, John, thanks for being with us here, and we'll look forward to chatting soon. Always a good time, B.A. Go dogs. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Good stuff there from John Stinchcomb this and every week here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Always happy to have his expertise. And by the way, speaking of expertise, I feel like I'm starting to become a little bit of an expert when it comes to my friends at Royal Caribbean. You know I love taking Royal Caribbean cruise vacations, and you know my encouragement to you is to do the same thing. And i got to tell you, here late summer heading towards fall this is a great time to do that whether you want one of those seven night sailings you want a three or four night sailing you want to hit destinations in the caribbean still some time uh maybe i think to to get on board a an alaskan cruise uh, vacation there as well i know actually a lot of folks who are taking alaskan cruise vacations here this summer and they're really excited about all of that or if you're like me you're kind of already thinking ahead to like early 2023 with some uh, sailings already booked for me there as well. It's just a great time to be on board. And I think the experience is made better when you make the best possible selections, including the port that you sail out of or the ship that you sail on, the the destinations that you visit, your ports of call. And that's where a great travel agent like our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority can come in and help you on this. You can find them online, tcava.com tcava.com you can also give them a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 and the thing about the royal caribbean fleet of ships is they're all great but they're also all slightly different and i I think that every ship is perfect for someone and so the question is well what ship is perfect for me and so talking to someone who's been on a lot of sailings and done a lot of cruises uh had a lot of experience with royal caribbean I think it just gives you the best chance to have the best experience. And so that's what the Cruise and Vacation Authority can do for you. So make sure you check them out and let me know. Uh, some of you do reach out and say, hey, BA, I'm on my way on my first Royal Caribbean cruise or my latest Royal Caribbean cruise or whatever it is. Uh, let us know when you got one coming up, when you're going on one, because we love to celebrate with you because we love to see folks having a good time as we await the start of the upcoming college football season. Now, as we shift here to cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean, you know, I think one of the most interesting things about media days, probably last week and maybe even every single year, is what you get a chance to learn about UGA opponents. And I kind of want to focus in here on a couple just for a moment. So it's the two road games that Georgia plays in November at Mississippi State and at Kentucky. And this to me is a fascinating stretch for Georgia because, you know, these are the games most commonly mentioned. The other day when Athlon Sports had its trap games, you know, for each big team. The two trap games for Georgia, Mississippi State and Kentucky. Now, I think it's very likely that Georgia is a double-digit favorite in all the games it plays this season, including those true road games, including the true road game at South Carolina, which got some attention from uh, Takeo Spikes on the SEC Network last week. But, But even with Georgia being a pretty sizable favorite in these games, if you're looking for a place where Georgia may face the most dangerous faces all season long, once again, true road game is where that you know, possibly comes from. And the Mississippi State game is one of the ones that's probably as interesting to me as anything because this is not a team that Georgia sees on a regular basis. It did play them in 2020. Most of us say that was a pretty weird game for Georgia and the fact that dogs didn't really run the ball at all. It was JT Daniels' debut. He threw it all over the yard. But Georgia still only scored 31 points. It was a very close game against the Bulldogs team that's actually pretty bad. It was just a weird day all the way around. Mike Leeds obviously a pretty weird coach, too. 
And so I think there's a degree of mystery around Georgia going to Mississippi State because Georgia doesn't travel to Starkville very much. The Bulldogs, the maroon version, not a team that Georgia plays on a regular basis. So what is Georgia going to get from Mississippi State? And by the way, what does Mike Leach think about Georgia? So on Tuesday, I was at Media Days. I do a weekly radio spot with our friends at 92.9 The Game. And when that finished up, I had like just enough time to get into one of the rooms where Leach was going to be speaking. And so I said goodbye to uh, Andy and Randy there on 92.9 The Game. And I'm talking about I sprinted as fast as I possibly can, which is not very fast for me. But nonetheless, I'm sprinting as fast as I can go to get in there. And I feel very good at my, about myself because I essentially plopped down the chair right as Leach is getting going. I'm like, hey, I didn't miss this. Shoot my hand up in the air when I ask a question. <laughs> I think you can probably find this online somewhere. And so like, I was like, you know, you play Georgia close in 2020. You're going to play him again this upcoming season. Do you have any early thoughts on UGA? And Leach looked at me and goes, no, not really. I was like, well, there you go. And he went on to say, you know, whatever, basically just, you know, got to try to get better as his own team, whatever else. Coaches don't love answering questions about other teams, but I'm not there to ask questions about Mike Leach to his, about his own team. So I don't apologize for asking about UGA. The point is he didn't give me much of an answer. However, I do. I will say this. That in listening to some of the other things that Leach said while he was at Media Days, I do think you get a little bit of interesting insight into kind of, you know, what this team is for the upcoming season. You know, Will Rogers at quarterback was not a guy they brought with them to Media Days. It's always a little bit weird when the quarterback who's well established and, 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 a, and a firm starter when he doesn't come to Media Days, but it sounds like they do have quite a bit of confidence in him. And one of the things that, that Leach, I think, also expressed some confidence in is the way he uses his own running backs the fact that you know bulldogs historically don't uh, leach teams don't run the ball very well but leach likes to think about it in terms of total running back production receiving yards plus rushing yards leach saying that hey in my book a receiving yard counts every bit as much as a rushing yard does and so he kind of touts his running backs collectively they're receiving plus rushing yards as among the most productive in the SEC. He rated him like third or something like that. I'm not quite so sure. I haven't seen the full list that he's working off of there, but that's how he rates them, which is something to keep in mind, that that if if Leach stays true to his word when they host Georgia in November, not only will they pass the ball quite a bit there that day, but expect a lot of action with the running backs getting involved in the passing game. That's something that Leach kind of sounds like uh, that he wants to do. And I do think that's a pretty intriguing game for Georgia. Kind of a tricky coach in Leach who has a little bit of an oddball type offense. Can be a, a tough venue. Georgia's one of those teams that doesn't regress a ton towards the end of the season because even with injuries and everything else, they have a lot of depth to lean on. But going to Starkville you know, could be a little bit of a, a unique challenge for Georgia. It's worth considering. Similar time on the schedule, similar story, road game at Lexington against Kentucky. We've already had one of the Kentucky assistants earlier this year talking about the possibility of the Wildcats pulling the upset there that day. And I guess apparently there's an SEC network analyst who also views this as a possibility. Uh, Chris Doring, who's a Gator, but we still kind of I kind of like Chris Doring. I think he does a pretty good job. He's been a pretty regular guest of ours here on this show. And I think he's you know typically pretty good when he's on here there, too. But on the SEC Network, his bold prediction of the upcoming season, he says on the 19th of November, Kentucky knocking off Georgia, the defending national champion. So if you don't believe me that the toughest game for Georgia could be at Kentucky, a big, bold prediction like this, maybe give some voice to that, maybe more so than home game against Tennessee, neutral side against Oregon, or any other game that might stand as a as a possibility on that, you know, Chris Doring outright picking Kentucky to win the game. I think that's ludicrous. If Chris was sitting here right now, I'd tell him that, you know, directly. I think he's a good analyst. I think he's good at what he does. But that's asinine. I don't believe that Georgia's losing that game. But I do believe, you know, uh, Georgia didn't play great the last time it was there in 2020. That was a game in which the Georgia offense certainly scuffled a little bit. And there were very few fans in the stadium in 2020 that expects to be something close to a sellout here in 2022. So, uh, a, a challenge for Georgia and probably worth considering that SEC media days ultimately kind of bolsters what we feel about Georgia that the trickiest games the most interesting games the the story of just how dominant a regular season team Georgia is a lot of that tale will be told in what happens in November back-to-back road games including the likes of Mississippi State and Kentucky that's where a lot of fascination will rest 
with what the dogs do this season. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And, of course, speaking of the Wildcats playing at Kroger Field and speaking of our friends at Kroger, also ongoing right now, your chance to participate in our Kroger five-star kids giveaway. It's something we did a year ago. We had great success with that, a great way to honor some of the cool children that are in our listening family here, whether it be your own children or just kids that you know. Uh, go ahead and let us know about them. Send an email to info at dognation.com, and eventually we're going to draw five winners at random. And starting the week of August 1st, we're going to announce a winner per day here in our program. The five-star kid winners get a really cool Kroger five-star kid t-shirt, which is kind of fun. And also uh, a pack of gift cards worth $250, including a really nice gift card from our friends at Kroger. So please make sure you go to dognation.com if you need more information or if you're just sort of ready to make your submission, please do so. Info at dognation.com. And you can do that right there as we get ready to honor some Kroger five-star kids coming up very soon right here on Dog Nation Daily. We'll take a break from our golden shoe here today, just given the fact that we're pre-recorded. And certainly thank you to all of you for allowing me to sort of step away for one more day here before the season gets going in earnest. I'm happy to be able to do that and happy to be back in a typical normal live format with you all again tomorrow. However, while I am enjoying myself, and hopefully you are each and every day, Florida Gators fans, they don't have nearly as much to enjoy because our Gator Hater Updater stands as a reminder, first and foremost, that a good Georgia fan is a Gator Hater, and we certainly believe that. Our buddy Eddie believes that, too, and we're happy to let you know that it's been 4,946 days since the lousy, stinking Gators have won a national championship. And our Gator Hater countdown, now double-digit days, 96 days from now, we'll be back in Jacksonville. Who Who knows how long the series lasts there? But we're at least going to be there this year enjoying ourselves as Georgia gets a win against Florida 96 days from now. Thanks for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. We'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And on the podcast, let's shift gears now to the Janelle Aguero news. A couple of quick notes on this. First of all, there'll be like two periods when Jeff Sintel kind of pops in and he did not have a good signal, but that doesn't last very long. So I'm not editing that part out, but just know that within you know 45 seconds or so, we say goodbye to Jeff. I certainly appreciate him trying to join us from vacation, but he just didn't have the signal quality to be able to do that. So just make sure you know we won't stay with that too long because it is pretty intrusive as far as the sound goes. And then the other thought is that we discussed Kelton Smith as well on the same video. I'm not including that portion of it just because the podcast is probably long enough as it is. But if you do want to get more on what I had to say about Kelton Smith, you can go back to that video from Saturday there on that, or we'll have plenty more on that when Dog Nation Daily returns on Tuesday. And I guess you can go ahead and say this is our R.S. Andrews podcast cooldown. So a big thanks to R.S. Andrews, as always, for uh, making this possible and a uh, certainly great appreciation for what they do to take care of us for our air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. You can find out a lot more at rsandrews.com. A happy Saturday indeed as Georgia adds its second commitment of the weekend and this one a big one just a couple of seconds ago as we'll call him a four-star safety but he's as close to five-star as one can be I guess without being officially designated uh, Janelle Aguero elite safety for the class of 2023 one of the names that I think Georgia fans have had circled and highlighted in bold print now for quite some time and well he makes an announcement for the good guys a moment ago after Kelton Smith four-star offensive lineman did the same thing yesterday. We'll get to Smith coming up in a moment, but Connor Aguero is one that Georgia fans have been waiting for essentially at least since this time last Saturday, if not for many weeks prior to that. So what's your immediate reaction to Janelle Aguero choosing Georgia here over, I guess a lot of folks thought was a big push late for the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, I imagine there are a lot of Miami fans out there saying, or uh, Georgia fans now out there saying, yeah, well, I got Aguero. So how you like them apples? Uh, Aguero. <laughs> three-star safety or excuse me four-star safety and really as you point out number 34 overall player in this class is close to a five-star as you can get actually lost the quote-unquote five-star ranking this week in the new rankings update but a guy who as you see right there played his last two seasons at img academy before transferring back home to lynn massachusetts to play out his senior season and i've spoken on on this platform before about the importance of that safety position georgia continuing to recruit there Georgia absolutely had to get Janelle Aguero in this class. Uh, I'll take you guys a little bit behind the scenes here. I've had a commitment ready, edit ready for Janelle Aguero since like January of last year. This has been someone that Georgia has been pursuing for a very long time. Yeah. Will Muschamp deserves a lot of credit. 
uh, and how he went about recruiting and ultimately bringing in Aguero and a, a safety that is going to play for Will Muschamp and is a guy who sooner rather than later because of that IMG Academy pedigree is going to be someone that I think can contribute to this Georgia team. So there's a lot I want to talk to you about with this. Let me start with the idea that it is Miami that Georgia beats out here in a day and age in which people, I think justifiably so, have a little bit of trepidation by the more aggressive NIL programs recruiting. It was A&M last cycle. It has been Miami this cycle. That has worked for them with plenty of recruits. Does it say anything to you at all that the Georgia style of recruitment seems to still work with a player the caliber of Aguero? Because for me, as a clear partisan here, I wanted Georgia to get Aguero. To me, I do take some comfort in that. I even joked with you on Dog Nation Daily at one point in time that it was kind of cool that, as Jeff Santel, I believe, relayed to us, he had a lot of family coming to his official visit. The fact that he was kind of moving back to his home state for his senior year of high school, this seemed to be a little bit of, um, I guess, an old school, old soul type, type guy. And, and the fact that Georgia can still sort of win those recruiting battles in a day and age in which it seems like, you know, money is the ultimate and only deciding factor for so many of these decisions. You know, what does that say that this news comes in the midst of this NIL craze that we currently find ourselves in? Yeah, I, I think it's. I don't want to call it a, a normalization, but this is something you're going to see in recruiting year in, year out now, where there are going to be prospects that really get blown away by the new NIL money sort of school. You know, it's going to cycle over because of the changes that you see in college football. This year, it happens to be Miami new head coach Mario Cristobal. Uh, I think USC is another program that figures to have a, a lot of NIL money to throw on. Last year, it was Texas A&M, uh, and then you sort of see this year, I think there's a little bit more trepidation with Texas A&M. They want to see those results on the field before recruits, I think, really flock there again. And so you know, Georgia has a competitive NIL program. They announced this week they're doing a deal with Truist, and I know Kirby Smart's comments have gotten a, a lot of flack in regards to he just signs this mammoth extension. And then also comes out is saying, you know, I don't know that giving a high school kid, an 18-year-old, $10,000 every month is a great idea. And I, I think that's a certainly fair point to make there. That's a lot of money to give an 18-year-old and, and an unproven 18-year-old. And so, I, you know, I, I, Kirby Smart is very clearly for NIL. I just I, I don't think he loves the idea of yeah. using it in recruitments and as a way to sway players to go to certain schools. He wants it to be something that is earned. And, and so I, I do think that as we get more – comfortable so to speak with an nil and have a better understanding of what it's going to look like on an annual basis i, I do think you're going to see a more reversion into the norm sort of you know what this aguero recruitment ended up being where Georgia's had a long relationship with him they've recruited him well for a very long time they made a very clear pitch of we have a very clear path of development for you and ultimately aguero bought into that now not every kid is going to do that some kids are just going to get blinded by the dollar signs which i think is understandable there as well but more often than not, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, I, I include Clemson in there as well. A, they're not going to cry poor. They're printing money. And, and yeah. so, you know, the, the idea that they're going to fall behind in the sort of NIL world, I, I think is kind of laughable. It's just Miami very clearly, and I think that was a concern, and you and I had even talked about this, because it's Miami, because they have so much money to throw around, you worry about, well, okay, at the 23rd hour when Georgia has been doing so well in this recruitment, are they, is this player going to get pulled out from underneath them because Miami just came in over the top? Didn't prove to be the choice. Obviously, Georgia has to go on to eventually sign Aguero, but I'd say very strong start for Georgia in this safety class. So is it too basic of a take? I mean, the connections are obviously here, ties to the state of Massachusetts, a big hitter in the available video that I've seen. I mean, someone like me, and I think a lot of Georgia fans there as well, pretty quickly draw a comparison here with Lewis saying, how accurate do you think that is that Aguero does just kind of follow in the footsteps of another guy like Seen, who Georgia fans obviously loved from the word go when his Georgia career began. Well, I'm going to throw this to Jeff Sintel, fresh off vacation. Whoa. Maybe still on vacation. Wow. Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you could hear there uh, what B.A. had said, but obviously. I hear the doop, doop, doop in the background there. Jeff is clearly enjoying himself. You love to see Obviously, it. the uh, the Massachusetts ties there, Lewis Seen uh, and Janelle Aguero, how sort of similar are they as players? Yeah, it's been a great week so far for the dogs. A great This is the fifth recruit. But part, you know, the I wouldn't call him like Hunter. I think that's a very sacred down uh, like like anybody from a defensive back, but all of fire, very physical. He's not uh, because 
Lewis is a big six one six two. I mean, this guy, I remember him in games, and he's very, very aggressive. He's for about one personal foul penalty per game. Box, flying up into the box. I think he answered this month. So Jeff's signal's about as good as you expect it to be from a cruise ship. Uh, did we lose Jeff? Uh, yeah, we subbed him out for a bit. All right, yeah. Well, um, uh, Jeff, very kind of join us on vacation, but uh, he's also, yeah. uh, you know, been kind of in parts unknown here. So uh, we don't expect Jeff to have great signal there in that situation, and it doesn't work out that way. So, uh, you know, Jeff was talking about, you know, the physicality of these shows, saying, you know, getting some personal foul penalties, things like that, which is – Let's face it, that's the kind of mentality you do sort of want a safety to have there a little bit. You know, Connor, of that, what have – have? by the way, shout out to Jeff. Very very tropical festive affair. Had little white polka dots going on the uh, black shirt there. He certainly looked the part of a guy on vacation, which makes me very jealous indeed. But uh, – and by the way, I believe Jeff has been on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Uh, no, uh, no joking there on that. The point, though, is, Connor, what do you think of the uh, scene and uh, – uh, Aguero comparisons here. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that sort of jumps there is, you know, Janelle Aguero, obviously a fantastic player, but Louisine just went in the first round of this past draft. Yeah. And, and seeing uh, a, a little bit bigger, I, I think maybe a little bit quicker in terms of that short range burst, but Janelle Aguero at, at a position of need where Georgia, I think, had to, to go out and win this recruitment, they go out and land a guy that I think has the ability to come in and play right away, potentially at that safety position, maybe even at that star position where Georgia has some versatility there in their defensive backfield. And uh, we'll address the elephant in the room here as well. Caleb Downs is set to That's announce right. his commitment on Wednesday. And as of right now, it looks like he's trending Alabama. So the fact that you're able to go out and land Aguero, I, I think makes this win even more important for Georgia. Obviously, they still could end up landing Caleb Downs, but the fact that they go out and land Aguero right now, I, I think caps off a very, very good recruiting week for this Georgia football program. Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about your thoughts on comparing Downs and Aguero when we get a chance to speak to Jeff again, whether it be when he's back from vacation or whenever. I want to ask him the same thing, too. There's a little bit of a bias I probably have when it comes to Downs because I've seen him play in person several times. In the case of Aguero, I mean, the honest truth is there isn't just like just like reels and reels worth of film available for him on the Internet. That's not a guy that I feel like I've seen nearly as much of. I think what you do see, you're obviously blown away by. There's a reason why he's rated as high as he is, but – in terms of feeling like I can be as comfortable with what Aguero is as a player compared to a guy like uh, uh, a Downs who's just right down the road, you know, for me, and obviously a guy that I've seen and called a number of the games that he played in his junior season, looking forward to doing that some during his senior year there as well, regardless of where he commits to. But I just feel like I know Downs so much better than I know Aguero, but obviously I respect those who certainly vouch for Aguero. What do you think of the comparison between the two, and what do you think about the fact that Maybe in terms of just going out and seeing a play, there may not be quite as much of that out there on Aguero. Yeah, I, I mean, from my understanding and reading the green and, and listening to people talk about Caleb Downs, he might be the best high school prospect in America. And the only reason that he isn't is simply because of the position that he plays and the way they do recruiting rankings. You know, you're just not going to take a safety in the top five picks of the uh, of a future NFL draft. You, there's a reason why Arch Manning is number one, because he's a quarterback. Malachi Nelson, uh, Nico Amaliva there as well those types of players tend to be you know number one overall type players and, and the reality is that's just not how high safeties go i think kyle hamilton sort of a generational type safety prospect went number 14 overall in this past draft this year and so i think that's part of the reason why and you know playing in georgia which i think you and i probably agree is probably pound for pound especially at that 7a level in gwinnett county mill creek high school go hawks uh to my mill creek friends out there, there uh pound for pound maybe the best high school football in, in the country and, and so you know for to have a guy in caleb downs who was produced at that level for multiple seasons now i think just is a big reason why he is seen as such a a, a great safety prospect and obviously you want to have you know a player like that in your backyard in georgia's backyard to commit there and, and so i i do think that it's going to be interesting to sort of see the reaction once downs does commit but it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if if janelle aguera ends up being just as good they have very similar body types obviously downs i think has a little bit more film out there on him but it, these two guys are very similar obviously i think aguero his time at img academy is going to help him fit in early on at georgia just given the sort of rigorousness that comes with playing for that program before I ask you about Kelton Smith, the commitment on the offensive line that Georgia got yesterday, uh, one, I guess, final thing for me on this, maybe you have something else there as well. I think Jeff's coming in here too. 
Jeff, let me uh, let you get a chance to have your turn on this. And your story with Janelle Aguero going back a couple of weeks ago, one thing she touted was his relationship with Will Muschamp, his relationship with new cornerbacks coach Fran Brown even. Um, how big of a win for this is that tandem of defensive backs coaches that Georgia has in place now? Uh, guys, hopefully this is a little closer to the beach. There we go. South Beach. So hopefully we got A-OK, but – I got a little, you know, Brandon with 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 in Georgia for a, for a long time. He probably could have come go, but he wanted to wait things out. Out, he wanted to take a, a young man that that did that, that decommitment for time. And for Georgia fans, it may still position. We've got a bold face and italicized really strongly here because this is the first safety name. A slide of the last two or three cycles. Everybody knows Williams. Everybody knows about Kamari Wilson. He's at Georgia went after and and we lost Jeff there. Yeah. But I, I I think the point that the he's lar- largely the trying to make there is I think you know Janelle Aguero is the first true bona fide you know no doubt about it safety prospect that Georgia has actually landed since Lewis I know they signed five-star Malachi Starks in the last cycle, but he's a guy that, you know, I think it's going to take some time for him to, to get up to speed and, and really become a natural player at that safety position. Whereas I think like you saw with Lewis a guy who was, if I'm remembering correctly, starting or at the very least playing a very critical role in that SEC championship game at the end of his freshman year, I think that's sort of what they expect Janelle Aguero to be able to come in and do, you know, maybe not necessarily a day one starter, but a guy that has the versatility and ability to play right away at that safety position. And when Georgia misses out on some guys in the past, you hear Jeff mention Kamari Wilson there, some other names coming to mind in recent recruiting cycles. For Georgia to be able to land a guy like that in this class, I think checks off a really big need, especially when you look at the safety position on this current Georgia team.